come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hi. And Chris Minotti. Hello. We are going to one of my personal favorite spots growing up. Personal going to, favorite. Uh, to Epcot Center. Mike, where are you taking us today? Well, not Epcot Center. Actually, I'm taking you to Epcot 94. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's when they... It was like Madden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every year. Disney in those annual releases. Well, there's 94, <laughs> then 95, then it was just Epcot. Yeah, they gave up. It's like, oh, this is tiresome. Like, they reprint these maps. to do yeah. stuff every year. This is wasting a lot of money on signage. Uh, yes, we are talking about not innovations and not inventions, but inventions. How clever. Uh, a portmanteau. Yes, we did it. Uh, so we're, I'm going to take you back to the magical time, September 29th, 1994. Number one movie in the world is Forrest Gump. Ooh, I like Forrest Gump. Yep, yep. Uh, not too long. Uh, Lion King is also kind of around this point, but it's Forrest Gump right now. I'll Make Love to You. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Boys to I'll Men. H- how many like song. middle school <laughs> dances did you go to that <laughs> did this song? And you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Really? We yeah. probably shouldn't have been listening to that. Yeah. Maybe Make Love does it literally. I guess it just does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, September 22nd, I saw the release of System Shock for PC, a pioneer in oh, combining yeah. RPG mechanics to the first-person shooter genre. So Very creepy game. Yes. Shout-outs to System Shock 1. <laughs> also, oh, gosh, that's right. That's freaking uh, Warren Spector who did that, right? Yeah. I, I rode Space Mountain with him. That's true. My first video game press event for Epic Mickey <laughs> in Disneyland. That's so. still weird to me. There's the connection. <laughs> it does exist. You found it. Degrees of separation. Not many on that one. <laughs> <laughs> So before we can talk about interventions, we actually have to talk about Communicorp. Uh, it's not a communication, and it's not a Apple Core. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Communicorp. This is an opening day attraction that kind of served as the exhibition space, I guess. So, you know, Epcot was very world flair, uh, world uh, fair flair flavored. Easy for me to say. Yeah, say that like world fair flavored. Uh, so, you know, and you have, like, the countries and that stuff and, like, these kind of big exposition areas, like, around different pavilions. But this was, like, the where place people can just kind of ex- exhibition space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you would. Uh, it featured eight main display areas in two complexes. Uh, these, these two kind of complexes, the east and the west, are sort of separated by the center of Future World where, the you know, the big fountain is and stuff like that. It's always so hard for me. Well, because they point the map the wrong way. Right. And like when you you know when you walk into Epcot you because you walk into Magic Kingdom you're walking to the north but you have to flip it at Epcot because yeah. the, the the park's hanging. Uh, right. Imagine you are the fountain and you are looking at Spaceship Earth and then everything's That's oriented yes. right. But I always screw up saying which one's east, which one's west. Yep. Yeah. Uh. So is this complex also housed the computers that ran Epcot? Yes. Very yeah, futuristic. Like yeah. Central console and, control yeah, system. And those are on display. So some of the original exhibits at Communicore included the Astuter Computer. Review, which is just kind of fun to say. Yes. The Astuter Computer Review. Uh, also, the Great American Census Quiz. This included an up-to-date U.S. Census counter that was that was quite fun. It wasn't just like a you know an LED screen or something. I think it was a a good little showpiece there. So definitely riveting stuff for the uh, you know yeah. <laughs> the time. Confused Census yeah. No, it was the commissioner. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't really talk about some universe of energy episode, but. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Chris and I are very slap happy yeah. right now. Oh, I'm so tired. The energy exchange was over uh, kind of right by the universe of energy over there at, I could do this, Communicore East. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So right by there, like, because, you know, uh, so Communicore basically. This was like their, like, exit attraction. It's thing, still right? Exxon, right? And yeah. it's kind of, you know, more of their stuff. Because, like, universe of energy didn't have its own post show area. Unlike, say, uh, Spaceship Earth does or even, uh, you know, a lot of the other ones, uh, Imagination. Uh, 
uh, you also had FutureCom. This is where you could check out the latest in uh, video phone technology at face-to-face, for example. Whoa. It's not the future. It's not communications. <laughs> that had to blow it's people. A minds. lot of portmanteaus around here, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, FutureCom. I love those kind of names, actually. FutureCom. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just, you know, just um, good stuff. You can uh, just see, like, the 80s, like, logo flying into the oh, screen. Right. FutureCom. The Communicore complex also included the main gift shop for Epcot. This uh, was the Centorium. This kind of took up a big chunk of Communicore East. It's not the center. It's not an auditorium. Okay, I'm done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the century. We get it. Uh, That's a pretty good name, though, the Centorium. Uh, this is taking up a lot of space in uh, Communicore East, kind of in the southern parts there. Um, now, all of uh, Communicore was made with these glass walls, which meant a lot of natural light came in. So it was kind of you know bright in there. Uh, it was also made with those glass walls so that it was very, it would be very easy to expand it because you just take down the glass wall. Right, and just build on. Right, and you can do that whenever. In fact, the northwest corner of the whole area, you kind of notice that it's smaller than the northeast corner there. Like, northeast kind of juts out a bit. Uh, this is where a Bell Labs exhibit would have gone. Uh, Bell got consolidated into AT&T, so then that kind of project went on hold. And that's why when you looked at those aerial photos, like uh, Communicore uh, East was like bigger than Communicore West. Yeah, exactly. It's well, not symmetrical. Well, wasn't a like a Tron thing supposed to go in there as well? That, there was a lot of proof of concept things at certain points, and a Tron arcade right, was one yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, for Flint, yeah, yeah, and that never happened. That would have been pretty cool though. Um, the only actual expansions that really uh, did happen during Communicore was inward, not outward. Uh, Sunrise Terrace Restaurant opened up during the construction there, and that's kind of like you, you can, it's like that circular little jetty that was out there for a bit. Uh, not to you know spoilers here, but this would become the Fountain View Terrace. There was another kind of uh, inward expansion for the Outreach and Teachers Center. Uh, that that part opened in 1989. Actually, this is kind of where people like teachers could go and like learn or like get materials for their classroom. Is it like a lounge or something? Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I, I, it, like a middle library, but a lot of video stuff, I yeah. guess. Uh, kind of like, like learn some resources. And... Right. I don't know how many like teachers were like, oh, all right, family, you know what I do for a living. Now we got to go to this. Right. <laughs> this is not passing out a curriculum or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I have no memory of Communicore. Yeah, I really don't either. It, which is weird because it was open until 1994. And yeah. I mean, we were I, there. I would have been like seven at some point. Like, we were there. I just don't remember much about actual Communicore. I wonder if we were brats and more like, this isn't a ride. Yeah, <laughs> and we probably. didn't do it. I'm sure uh, that probably is exactly what it was. Even with Interventions, we did that a little. Yeah. I mean, even, honestly, I don't have a ton of early Epcot memories. You probably, especially when we were kids, spent a lot of time in Magic Kingdom, I yeah. imagine. But uh, so eventually, as it happened with a lot of Epcot, there were plans to uh, change and update the exhibition halls here for the 90s. Kind of wanted to focus uh, on things that would have more of an impact on uh, the, the guests' lives at home and at work and make it less about general science and tech. Again, this early one, you see a lot of stuff just about like big computers. Like this is like how the parks run and stuff like that. There's going to be a lot of things about the internet and like houses of the future kind of thing coming up at interventions. Instead of like, you know, all these, all these like clear windows bringing in all this light, this kind of peaceful ambiance. This new one's going to be sort of dark and loud, like a <laughs> convention hall and you're trapped. You know, I kind of thought of it like if, if Communicore is like the world's fair science pavilion and people are there in like, you know, decent clothes and whatnot. Interventions is the consumer electronics show. Yes. It's a yeah. CES. Absolutely. Yeah. This is big and loud and they're, they're trying to get you in because, you know, the foot traffic for Communicore probably wasn't right. amazing. Right. And it's showcasing all future possibilities and Communicore was actual like applicable stuff. Mm-hmm. Michael Eisner did have a, there's this quote from him in the early 90s where he said, people need a place to experience the near future, a permanent world's fair where they can test and try the products that are changing their world. I thought it was interesting he even used World's Fair here anymore at this point. Like, that yeah. had to be a dated reference now. Uh, so, you know, most of the clear uh, windows were covered by murals now, and that's what kind of made things darker. You could see those you could, outside. Because it was funny, because yeah, you could still see glass on the outside. Yeah. just didn't look into anything. Right, exactly. And these, these would change every now and again throughout the years. Uh, there's a plan to add that Northwest expansion, finally, that Communicore never got. Uh and also, this the whole kind of thing here is going to happen in two phases. The first one is going to be in 1993 to 1994. The second one in 1998 or 1999. And the Communicore exhibits, they started closing in phases pretty much throughout the 90s. 
So it, it kind of got more and more depressing each time you went. One of those kind of deals, kind of like what would happen. I was going to say, sounds, hey, sounds familiar. History sure does repeat itself. Yeah, for that first phase, the restaurants were the last things to close. With the sure. the close with Communicore East Stargate Restaurant that closed on April tenth, nineteen ninety four. And the Communicore West Sunrise Terrace was closing in May. Uh, so, it was, you know, it was kind of interesting, this whole thing, turning it. Because they didn't just, like, go in and replace the exhibits like they could have done. They, they kind of gutted things here. Like, Communicore had this very, like, you went down this one path and from there jutted the other things. There's also a lot of exhibits that are almost sunken into the ground, really. Yeah, we were, we were surprised looking at some old footage. Like, I didn't. there's a lot of verticality. Yes. Yeah. And and there's it, not that intervention. How, how did that happen? Yeah, like, it's like it's like a level and a half. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, that's like a thing. I kind of walk by and look down. And some places did, like, have an upper level and a lower level. But interventions, it just kind of gets filled in with concrete and everything. Yeah. So they literally, like... like just, just poured concrete, just filled it in, mm-hmm. in yeah. one floor. Weird. It, it, it's it's almost like they meant to trap you in there just mm-hmm. to stay longer. Well, again, and, and feeling much more like a CES. Have you ever looked at floor plan for any kind of a consumer's like electronic show or E three or something like that? It's all grids, right? Yeah. Because you know, like you're selling pavilion space, and that's what Interventions looks like. You look at the map; it's grid based. You can mm-hmm. see how they could sell grid space like that. So, uh, so again, now we're kind of uh, we're we're moving into that uh, Interventions area, and again. Innoventions uh, dedication actually happened on September 29th, 1994, and they had a bunch of uh, exhi- uh, e- exhibits on opening day here. Would you like to hear about them? Please. These yes. are sort of the exhibits, and m- more importantly, the exhibitors. Right. So over at Innoventions East, and uh, this is the one closer to Universe of Energy. Let's say that. Right? Yeah, okay. Apple Computers was there, General Electric, and General Motors. We had two generals. Salute. <laughs> uh, Gamaker Scheimer. Where were they from? Uh, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mexico. Uh, Honeywell, mm-hmm. the information superway. Superhighway. Highway. So, thank you. Moscow. Ma- Magic. Masco. How do you know? Well, Ma- Moscow sounds like the, you know. The, capital, ca- the capital. Yeah. You still don't know. That might be a soft day. Uh, Magic House Show and Magic House Tour. There's a lot. Throughout the years, there's just a lot of things like, here's a house. And here's like the oven of the future. They do that. Mom will feel like a fairy princess as she waves her hands over the cabinet. Right. Look, no strings. The house of next Tuesday? It's probably exciting for some people and very cheap to do. So So do it. Another interesting thing was that guest services uh, was at uh, Earth Station. So kind of like right uh, in that area under um, Spaceship Earth. It actually got moved into a spot at Innoventions East next to Spaceship Earth, where I'm pretty sure it still is today, right? Right next there, yeah. Like right before the entrance to the queue, like on the left side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you, you don't even realize that's the same building as Intervention, right. but yeah. uh, but it is. Uh, and then uh, Stargate, that restaurant became the Electric Umbrella, Ooh. the uh, the best of fast food restaurants. I don't know why I have so much affinity for Electric Umbrella. Be. Look, not- it was peak Mikey during the nineties and two thousands. Mm-hmm. I just went tendies and burgers. I just went tendies and burgers. <laughs> Play no and che- it's an which I love. Yeah, I sit here all day, listen to the music. It had two stories. Uh, there was those cavemen that bothered us the one time. They were right, right. We'll, we'll talk about them later. Yeah. Uh, so I like I liked I liked that a lot. Then over at uh oh oh, but also on the southern end here, the Electric Forum was abandoned, which was a part of Communicore. Uh, the old s- southern entrance became a place for uh, meet and greets. Uh, but the Centurium actually remained for a while. That w- I thought initially I thought and assumed that in 1994 it became mouse gear. It remained the Centurium for a good bit. Right. I had no idea about that. You know, Fetchins West, uh, you had AT&T, Bill Nye the Science Guy. He was just everywhere in Disney. He really was. Sure was. I f- yeah. I forgot he was in Innoventions even. Yeah. And it's always like videos of him and his face is morphing or something. He's telling you how science is cool. So I don't know. Uh, Discover <laughs> Magazine. Um, electronics. Now, this is... Eclectronics. Eclectronics. Like eclectic electronics, I guess. It's not eclectic. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Well, seriously, it's what they're doing. Yeah, it? I know. <laughs> if you like, if you like wordplay here. This is where you can see Alecatronic, the animatronic. This guy was cool. He was um one of the what? What, what do you think? Like a three thousand series. Three thousand was the model. He was pretty high tech at the time. He, yeah, whenever but, but they he talked was... about interventions on the the real in your hotel room on that channel, they showed this guy. But right. what made him special is he had no skin, so you could see all the the components and the hydraulics the and everything like that. So it was very cool. Yeah, he was, he did this kind of sh- like stand up shtick. He had like three separate heads that he would talk to. He did a lot of impressions and stuff. It seemed he was really wacky. Yes, kind of Robin Williams esque, but without the Robin Williams 
Uh, so, you know, I, re- I remember walking by him a lot over there because uh, mm-hmm. we spent a lot more time in Inventions West uh, for a reason that will be apparent later. <laughs> IBM was here. Uh, Lego Dacto. This was Lego's educational line at the time. I don't know if any of you remember that. Like with so, the, like architecture and stuff like that? Cause not even that. More so like made for schools oh, okay. kind of stuff. Like it's Legos still. So, but uh, I, I didn't remember that. I don't know why it's called Dacto. Maybe it must be a Swedish thing. Is that where they're from? Some One of those Norwegian yeah. countries. Yeah. Uh, Videonics. Dutch, actually, I think. Dutch. Yeah. Dutch. There's only two things I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> people who are intolerant of other people's uh, nationalities and the Dutch. <laughs> uh, yeah, Videonics. There's just all these companies. Oh, man, Videonics. That's such a 90s company. Right. And uh, Sega. 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 We're going to talk about that. Actually, one. no, this was the 90s. It was Sega. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. fast. In your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the southern section here, this is where Walt Disney Imagineering used part of the building to show off VR tech for a kind of in-development Aladdin attraction. This experience was called Imagineering Labs, used uh, kind of uh, using silicon uh, graphics technology here. I believe we talk a lot about this in our Disney Quest episode. Yes. Yeah, we did, because uh, what they were showing here, and just as a recap, this was basically like a, a show where they would show off Silicon Graphics technology and how they're making this virtual reality Aladdin game. They would pick one person from the audience to sort of test it out, and you would fly around in Agrabah, you would interact with Iago for, for a little bit. And I can also remember doing, like, VR pool. VR pool. Maybe as a demo earlier. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, maybe I, remember, I, think I never got to do the Aladdin one, but I remember doing VR pool. But this uh, this would become the uh, Disney Quest Aladdin attraction, not exactly the same. but yeah. Which we did see this. We we didn't we did. Yeah, we didn't get picked. picked. It was very bomb, yeah. but we did go through this. Yes, yeah, so I have a vivid, vivid memory because we were you know, already really big into video games. So this was actually like really, really cool. Like, I remember what? this one vividly. <laughs> Uh, Sunrise Terrace, that restaurant, was actually split into two different restaurants now. That inward circular expansion area became the Fountain View. And at the time, this was actually serving like more like uh, a coffee and bakery items. I don't think we've ever gone into the Fountain View. Well, Dad used to sit there because, especially later, which I'll talk about when it became more of an ice cream place. But the interior area, and this is we never did, became Pasta Piazza Ristorante. Mm. Which is yeah. just weird. I don't know why there was an Italian restaurant in Future World. Got to cover all your bases. I guess the Italians might take over. In the future, right? <laughs> just in case, yeah. Yeah, but like after you see like twenty different exhibits on computers and like futuristic home appliances, need some carbs after that. I guess we sure, need some right. carbs. Get a carb load mm-hmm. for that walk around world showcase. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest things actually about interventions is is how it looked from the outside or on the in the outside. This is a. Uh, where a lot of that sparkling and the neon lights happened. Um, this is from uh, Raleigh Crump, who was actually inspired by Japan's Ginza uh, district. I'm probably saying that right. Uh, but yeah, everybody remembers those sparkling fiber optics and the concrete. The, the right? fiber optics and concrete, concrete were so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I love those so much. It was such a vibe walking walking past there at night with the with Spaceship Earth glowing the way it was, the fountains going, and then all, all, all that neon there. They had that iconic sign, too. It was like almost like a poster in shape. It was like mm-hmm. a square, and it was like that hand and the light bulb yeah. and the inventions. Especially when the park's like closed and you're kind of taking your time to leave. Right, and exactly. You've watched, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you watched. Watched uh, Illuminations. Illuminations, just another Illuminations, Interventions. Yeah, these names, huh? right? They're I know so exactly. Uh, and you know, you're you're in a good mood. It was a great time. I miss, yeah, I miss, I miss that walking through the middle of Epcot experience. Yeah. Uh, so some of these, uh, some of the other notable experience in the early years that would come after the opening include Silicon Graphics, the Mission Space Launch Center. Hey, dude, I, I remember this used to frustrate you because you were actually really excited for Mission Space, and every year I felt like we would go in this, and it would be like. <laughs> it kept moving the goalposts. Yeah. Right? I think eventually they actually just stopped. Like at first it was like they had a date and it was counting down to it. Right. But it kept getting delayed. <laughs> so eventually it's just like, oh, whatever. Here's a picture of Mission Spaceship Earth or Mission Space. <laughs> I hope you're excited. Uh, Disney.com's internet zone must have been before it was go.disney.com or yeah. Disney.go or whatever. Yeah, they bought go.com. Mm-hmm. Disney Interactive uh, and the House of Interventions. Another just like, here's the House of the Future. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, everybody, it's funny how much everybody loved uh, the House of Tomorrow at, at Tomorrowland. Nobody remembers the, the House of Inventions. Well, isn't this exactly what was in Disneyland? I think it was called House of Inventions. It probably it might have been. I mean, I don't remember the specifics of Disneyland. Yeah. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. But uh, really, uh, I think about 90% of our affinity for classic Inventions was that, <laughs> that, that giant Sega area that oh, was inside sure. of Inventions uh, West. 
Uh, AJ, you were the you were the oldest of us. You probably even remember it more vividly I, than the rest I, of us. I do very vividly because, <laughs> like you know, it was like heaven on earth. How could you ever forget it? So, unfortunately, because it was the early '90s, there's not a lot of documentation of it. Except there was there was a YouTube channel called I Retro Gamer run by a guy named Tyler. Um, when he was a kid, his dad was a big gamer, which was you know a little more unusual in the early '90s for an adult to be into it as much. Back then, when um, they were like toys, right? But he loved gaming. He shared it with his son Tyler, and he filmed constantly, just them playing games, beating games, opening new games, talking about them. And um, what this guy Tyler had done was he found all of his dad's old footage after he'd passed. And basically started cutting these things together into little mini documentaries about whatever games they were talking about. Um, basically, this this guy's dad invented YouTube before there was YouTube. Like right. he just was filming this stuff. He was a content creator before yeah. the thing even existed. Exactly. And one of the things that they filmed extensively was two separate trips, uh, two interventions, and in the Sega area in '94 and '96. Um, and it's it's the best look we have of what this was because it's pretty extensive. Um, like I said, he took his channel down about four years ago, actually. I guess um, he realized he was spending too much time on it, wanted to spend more time with his family, and didn't want like it to be a temptation, so just deleted it. So you got to track, track him down and yeah. get At least that's well, what intervention. This video does still survive. Some other people have like, just posted uh, it on their yeah. own channel, so you can still go find this. and I'll, I'll, We'll share a link to it in the show notes because uh, it is worth checking out. But basically, when you approach this thing... like. And this is kind of a good example of interventions in general. This this didn't feel cheap or temporary. Right. It was built. It was built, and it was big. This is probably the biggest exhibit in either. Oh, for area. sure. I mean, they knew it was going to be popular. I mean, it, Sega was hugely popular right. in the nineties. I mean, it takes up multiple of those grids we were talking right. about. Right. So you walk in there. There's a giant Sonic the Hedgehog statue holding a ring. There's smaller statues of Sonic Tails and Knuckles. Ninety four. So Sonic in three is kind of the the new thing. Mm-hmm. And what was so cool was like every game had its own little section where they had, like, three or four kiosks set up for it. And they had, like, giant prints of, like, the game logo or a screenshot that were backlit so it looked like a screen. Um, you know, there's a big Sega sports sign for where they had all the sports games in a little alcove. And, like you said, it was just super well built up. Um, all the console games were just completely on free play. Yeah. You just walk up to and play a game. And then they had a bunch of the arcade games. And um, I, I'm I, in the video he mentioned that they had it was um, Virtua Fighter Two, the big screen version of it, where like there was a gap between the control console and the screen. Like remember how those? Mm. Were oh up? yeah. It was only a quarter, which would not have been the case no. in a regular arcade. I feel like so. I think they kept the prices down on these things so people would just have a chance to play it. Um, the, one of the big marquee things that they had. Many of you may have heard of Virtue Racing, which was one of the first 3D polygon racing games. Not the first, but one of the first. One of the first. Uh, that Sega developed. We, we've talked about the really good high-end cabinet of this they had at uh, the Contemporary mm-hmm. at the Fiesta Fun Center. They had, it was called Virtue Formula. This was like the super-duper deluxe version of Virtue Racing. It was an eight-player setup, full-size cars with hydraulics that actually moved around That's a little insane. bit cameras on all the racers that would display on separate overhead displays and an additional model one arcade board that ran a commentator that was like a virtual character that commentated on the race in real time as it was happening like just i mean this who the nines these machines cost almost a million dollars right i mean this this is what i remember having the line when Mm -hmm, you exactly waiting forever to do it but you had to do it yeah. You swap it out with just a modern game, and it would still be impressive as all heck. I yeah. mean, it was cool. And that's actually what they did. When Virtua Racing kind of became a little old hat, um, a lot of these units that were still out in operation were just upgraded to Indy 500, which was kind of their pseudo-sequel to Daytona. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know whatever became of this particular unit, but that, that was the case for a lot of stuff like that. So as you walked around, what was so cool about it, you know, before the days of the Internet, you didn't get to like download a demo or a beta. Like this is how you like played games right. before this they were is out. The advertisement for this, and there were games that were so early that you could see the Sega console in a little glass case. You wouldn't. You would see the cartridge for most of the games. Some games were literally a, a, a circuit board. board. Yeah, yeah. A circuit board. board just stuck in there with like a sticker. That said the name of the game. Crazy. It was, it was insane. Like that's the first time I even like realized. Oh, that's what's in a cartridge. <laughs> yeah. This was the first place you could see the 32X. Mm-hmm. They had the Sega Pico when that was new. Yeah. 
And this thing was there. It it lasted until 1999. So they had the Dreamcast yeah. at this thing yeah. before, oh, before it all went. You remember fun. seeing the Dreamcast? I, I don't. don't. Um, well, that's a good question. Like, what do you guys remember seeing specific things here? Because there's a few. I, I can remember. remember specifically seeing um, Rystar for the first time here. Uh, what did we play that was on the the board? Was it Garfield? Because I remember seeing Garfield. Garfield was there. I yeah. saw footage of it. It was like, I forget which one's called, but it's actually like not, I know Garfield, haha. It wasn't actually a bad game. It had really good animation for, mm-hmm. the, for the Genesis. Um, I remember yeah, the, obviously I can remember playing, um, you know, Sonic and uh, they had, you know, of course, Disney's Aladdin, Lion King were well featured. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Mm. Had a, a, a big uh, spot here as well. Oh, right, right. That makes sense. And then, again, going back to the Sega Sports Stadium playing World Series because I loved World mm. Series 95. So I used to play that every time we went there. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember more the atmosphere. Maybe I was too yeah, young. Yeah, again, but... it was just, it was so big. Because, it was and huge. it was all kids like us who loved video mm-hmm. games. And the energy was just. I mean, they, yeah, they I literally had a guy at a desk who was there to answer any questions you had about. You know, Sega stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you probably problem. bugged now, them forever. I bet, like, all the people who, like, loved Communicore and whatnot, like, this is the opposite of Communicore. It's, oh, it's yeah. practically an arcade. Yeah. It's probably loud. It was dark. There were just bright lights everywhere. But, yeah. But like for us, a 10-year-old man, kid. Kids of the 90s, that was their thing. That was incredible. Yeah. I, I also remember pretty vividly the they had a kiosk for the Sega Channel, which was, like, this early oh, modem yes. device uh, for the they Genesis. They had the Sega Channel so you could check it out, working in real time. I remember. It's the first time I think I heard of Mega Man the Wily Wars, which, yep. like, uh, we, we, we wouldn't get here officially for a very long time just a couple years ago yeah really honestly like yeah they, i bought like a limited edition like ca- cartridge release of it just to be like aha i did it I <laughs> this got to the point where it was you know when we were kids in like you know mid late 90s and it's like hey guys we're gonna go to disney world one of the things you got excited about was oh we're gonna oh, get, yeah. go to the sega thing at interventions like that was something you look forward right. to it was again it's hard to it's it's it maybe hard for people who weren't gamers back then to understand this was a big it was deal. Cool. Well, Sega was the cool, Sega was the coolest brand for kids. Absolutely, at that point. It, it was, yeah, there it was, was during was, um, all that marketing where they were Nintendo and Sega. Were I even found buying as, it. as part of the uh, I Retro Gamer video, he has a clip of Tom Kalinske, who was the CEO of Sega of America, talking about like how big a deal this was. Well, I mean, just 1991 was when Sonic came out. Now it's 1994, and you already have this giant like area in Epcot, right? Yeah, there's a pretty meteoric rise there, and then pretty fast fall also for poor Sega. Right, really, right. Disney doesn't the, need Nintendo. The hottest stars burn out the fastest, you know. Yeah, you know what? So now everyone complains about characters in in in, in Epcot. Now, if they brought Sonic to Epcot, could we really <laughs> complain? He's he was there before. There you go. Yeah, it's part of the history. Yeah, you know, it bring make, him it, back. It make it makes some sense at least. Yeah, that was definitely. Where's our Green Hill Zone land? Oh my gosh! Seriously, yeah. Oh, that was definitely that. I'm gonna. I'll be shocked if Sonic's not in a theme park somewhere by the end of the decade, no. or at least plans talked about. Right, especially with Nintendo Land mm-hmm. doing well. Yeah. So that's kind of what went on, like when it opened. Uh, but I talked about how there was like 1998, 1999, like a Phase Two sort of thing. Uh, part of that in June 1998 was Ice Station Cool opened, replacing the Epcot Discovery Center and a part of Interventions West that was created for the 1994 redo. Uh, uh, man. Uh, talk another thing like talk maybe the second best thing. Well, actually, <laughs> third best. Uh, you know, uh, electric umbrella. Hey, 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 Mike. Yeah, what's up? I got something for you. What is this? Whoa, this it, is a is soda. It, it's a it's a Coca Cola. Oh well, that's hey, not the right color. Hey, Mike. Is it a clear Coke? It's, yeah, it's it's free. You want to come? Free? Come on in. It's free. Oh, I'll free. You get some free Coca Cola. Hey, Mike. What? You ever wondered like what kind of Coca Cola they got around the world? I've no, but that sounds interesting. Hey Mike, yeah, what? They're free. Come drink them. I'll drink them. What's this one called? Beverly. Oh, you're gonna love it. See, that's <laughs> the best. It, I, it must be the best. <laughs> Ice Station Cool was crazy. The entrance of it looked like you're walking into an ice cave with like this excavator outside of it. There's a caveman in it. Well, you you went through ice tunnels, and that was the best thing because it's Epcot. Everyone always complains there's not very much like coverage in Epcot. It's hot. You go in this thing and they just blast air in it yeah, to make you feel like, like you're in that ice like cave. Flushed ice to be snow, like just in there. Right, but no, like you then you like see like like this frozen caveman thing. It's, it's what like was this whole like, story, like Refreshes Maximus or something <laughs> like that. Were these the cavemen walking around? I uh, think that was the time. Yeah, Again, we'll get time. to them. Yeah. So, but and then you went in and it was yeah, it was it was like you've probably seen this uh, more recently as a what, what refreshment port. I think I've written down somewhere else but this concept still lives where you go and you get to try all these different like cokes from around the world sodas uh but back then it was more it was more themed to this whole like excavation thing going on it was just really freaking cool and even back then i remember the very first time we went in people were joking about beverly that thing has been going on 
Yeah. Forever. Right. It's it's tied, it, at least in America, it is tied to Epcot. And you know what? I've never had it. Guys, I'm sick never. of being a coward. Oh, I'm tired God. of it. Oh. it it's, it's, it's over. It's, it's time to turn the page. It's a new Mikey. You've never yeah, November. Our oh, trip. it's going down. I oh. am getting a Beverly. Are we all are we shooting it together? Oh, we, you're going going down the crazy train with me? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Oh, <laughs> we get the kids involved? Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, I have footage of my wife on our honeymoon because I was like, hey, hey, I'm going to film her drinking you Beverly. Got her. And she drinks. She's like, it's actually not bad. I was oh, like, what? Nuts. You know, I have no sweet tooth, so it might, like, maybe I will actually like this super bitter, like, Whatever soda. You say, Mike. We'll see. Oh, then at that, at that uh, Coke store in uh, Disney Springs, they have the Beverly's Revenge, which is a cocktail of Beverly. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah, really That might be kind of fun. Uh, but this, yeah, like, again, even though it's, like, just a Coca-Cola-sponsored thing to sell people more Coca-Cola, it was great. <laughs> this was the beginning of Epcot becoming Mikey's favorite. <laughs> Sega. Yeah, this was and, the first fan. I Sega think and Coca-Cola. Oh, man, Chris, you are a million percent right. <laughs> right? And Because, uh, like, there was a lot of rides. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do Test Track for a very long time. I Mission Space, too. But, this is like, what made you happy and satisfied. I did. I love this stuff. And this, uh, this is definitely, like, a big turning point in terms of, like, it's not all about the rides, actually. Mm-hmm. I like going around this interventions and right. getting this Coca-Cola stuff uh yeah i absolutely gosh that was the best um so but around this time they're kind of realizing that all that dark lighting and like that grid-based layout was uh confusing a lot of guests already uh so in the second half of 1999 and sort of to kind of coincide with the millennium celebration the buildings had phased closures to sort of allow for another redesign it would focus on a simpler layout with a single path that guests can kind of stick to and they you know kind of dub this the, the information superhighway uh, you guys probably remember this. It was one thing that looked like a road. Right. And it was like, even though it winded a bit, it was very clear to stay on this. Yeah. You can kind of go in the one entrance and exit out the other because they kind of didn't want you to wander around as right. much. Make the sure road, you that road look was still there till they demolished Till the end, yeah. yeah pretty much. Uh, so also in 1999, this is finally when the Centaurium moved into uh, a nearby circulation corridor while they gutted it, the original location, and turned it into... Mouse Man, gear. I, I had it was no that, idea right, it was that I late. No shocked me. It, what, it's interesting, too, is that they kind of moved it next door. So you know how on... So this is uh, Innoventions East. In Innoventions West, they had those long quarters you can walk down. It's the same kind of thing that used to be there alongside the store. And they just kind of put all the shopping in that long that long hallway for a while. Right. They did a very uh, similar thing recently with uh, Mouse Gear, where they kind of moved it. Probably in that spot where the Exxon's uh, energy uh, thing used You're, to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was east on the northern side. Because while they were gunning it again for 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 what's there now, well, so. and some stuff stayed in those long corridors that we definitely enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The uh, that ball that would you would bounce with. The when screen. I'm not talking, when I'm talking about quarters, I mean indoor, Chris. I don't yeah. mean oh, like, like, like oh, I see. You know how on the west yes, side there's like that hallway that smells like rotten bananas. Yeah, mm-hmm. there used to yeah. be one on the other side, and Mouse yeah. took that over. Yeah, although you are right, Chris. I didn't put notes on about that. That isn't a very iconic part of interventions from this area. What were those called? Balzacs. Those Balzacs. <laughs> That's what they were called. With no, a Z. no, they weren't. B A L L Z A C. AJ, wow. stop lying. <laughs> I'm not. Balzacs. 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 <laughs> With a Z. Don't be so profane. If you went, if you went to Epcot in the '90s, you saw these. It was just this guy yeah. with well, this giant like cage of. The largest they inflatable had, balls large ever. Ones, big well, ones, so, small so here, ones. Here's what made so first of all, <laughs> blue, ones. blue ones, black ones. So here's the thing, because they they I remember seeing commercials for them on Nickelodeon. They were like a call in order today, shipping and handling mm-hmm. not included. And then they started showing up at Epcot, and it was like weird because they have like this like mall kiosk vibe. It did. To it. Yeah, like, the guy was like would like throw them at you as you walk yeah, by. Yeah, you couldn't avoid them. Right, but what made them special is. And this is why they were called this. You have to understand. They were saying the exterior was a was a cloth sack, right. and you put this giant balloon inside and inflated it. That gave it its shape, yep. but it was still like cloth on the outside right. and that protected the balloon. And it weighted it down a little, so right? Yep. Right. So but it's also why they were able to just be so gigantic. I mean, this thing was there forever. It, yeah, for what it was. Uh, we, yeah, I don't know why. Like I associate it with Epcot. I'm sure we bought at least one Balzac in oh, our yeah, life. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but like, I don't know what contract they got or if they just were doing really well they or signed something. a 15-year lease. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> Balzac was probably there longer than Journey into Imagination. <laughs> like, I swear to God, it was there for... There's the logo, B-A-L-L. Yeah, that is Balzac. We had to post that later. Holy crap, Balzac. But going back to Mouse Gear, by the way. Man, that was a good tangent, Balzac. Holy crap, that would be the look. Just a giant ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. 
So the, the, when the Centurion was around, it actually had a second floor with like higher end items there. I, know. I, I when I hear about that, I get a little yeah. sad. You right? can kind of almost like see some remnants yes. of that. Uh, now they did not use the second floor for mouse gear, but what they did to increase the uh, size of the sort of sort of shopping space, there was that Future Choice Theater that was part of Communicore East, uh, kind of like you know, like at the very southern part of the building complex. They you just can see it jetting out when you're outside. Yeah, they just incorporate this uh, into Mouse Gear, and that's why in that sort of that there was a big circular room where most of the toys were in Mouse Gear, and it was like, why is it so circular? It was a theater. I that's had no why. idea. Yeah, I didn't know that either until then. It also took up uh, most of that east corridor that I talked about, mm-hmm. where they put the temporary. Uh, uh, a centurium, so that also became expanded retail space. So even though they didn't have the second floor, it was still plenty big in there. Another kind of weird thing here was uh, this tiny animatronic called Tom Morrow 2.0. He would host these sort of uh, these segments on the Disney Channel called Imagineer That. I don't know if you guys remember that. They the, also used to show up on it. It was on Inside Out. Well, maybe, but I just remember it, 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 what they say on the internet is there were these intersex, intersex, interstitials. Inter, yeah, that they would have where he would just talk about Imagineering. He was this very tiny little animatronic guy. Kind of, I, can, I can remember him specifically. They're talking about centrifugal forces, and he tried to spin a bucket of water and not spill it, but of course, it just got all over him. Right, he's a little robot. He kind of becomes the new like host of the whole interventions thing. If you go in the one entrance, you like, well, there's he's there. He's like there, and he'll he'll do a little spiel for you, kind of a thing. Uh, so kind of some other changes going into the two thousands now. The the Pasta Piazza Ristorante closes in mid two thousand one. Uh, and then Disney just kind of uses this area for meet and greets, like kind of unofficially. Starting in May 2007, it became permanently used for these as the Epcot character spot. That's uh, a big area, too. It was. And it was just used for character meet and greets for a really long time. I remember this is actually one of the few reliable places you can see Donald Duck for a bit there. He yeah, I mean, we have find. pictures of the kids with uh, Mickey, Goofy, and Minnie. At yeah, this thing. you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer 2007, the Fountain View became an ice cream parlor instead of a coffee and bakery place. I thought it was always an ice cream parlor, so that was kind of interesting for me to learn. Uh, we, we got the new signs in 2007. This was the one, the green signs with kind of the blue outline and everything's lowercase. I did not like these signs. Yeah. It looked like mall cheesy to me. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of those. Uh, also, 2007, Tom Morrow 2.0 is already out. Uh, there were some like uh, interesting uh, additions, though. You got the sum of all thrills. Sponsored by the Defense Contractor Raytheon, which opened in Innoventions well, East all right. on October 14, 2009. This was an actual ride inside of Innoventions, really. Uh, it, it uses the KUKA arm, robot arm technology. It's basically Cyberspace Mountain and Disney Quest. You have a kiosk. You pick these different segments of like roller coaster-like track. You put together, then you go inside this kook arm, it's got a screen, and then you ride the thrill ride that you need. I never never did did this, and I don't know why. We didn't know it existed until a long time. Until like a year before the when they announced it was closed. Because this was in in West, like behind Electric Umbrella, where you never went there at the end. Yeah. Right. This was this was already kind of sadder times for interventions, right? So I mean Sega's not there anymore. It's like (laughs) gone for ten years. So so you know, who really cares? But this kook arm technology um, was also used in Epcot. Over at um, the Seas of Nemo, friends for the anglerfish animatronic, right. and then much more famously, uh, Universal really got the rights to use it for a big ride with Harry uh, Potter in the Forbidden for, for Journey. journey. Yep. Yeah, so this I remember even at the time there was like so much talk about what's going to happen. What who what are we going to use this technology? Well, there for? was that rumor for an Incredibles ride using it and yeah. all that, mm-hmm. and then Harry Potter showed up. Harry Potter showed up, but there was a Kuka arm uh, attraction in Disney World in Epcot for a little bit. It was just tucked away in Interventions. So there's Interventions East, there's Interventions West. What about Interventions Very West? Clever, Michael. <laughs> I know. And, uh, Disneyland got Interventions. Yes. Somehow. I that was really cool for some reason because I liked Interventions. So. Right. So, uh, yeah, this opened in 1998. It took over the building where Carousel of Progress uh, yeah. and American Sings were. Yeah. And, yes, the rotating building. And, yeah, it's still rotated. Just very slowly and constantly. Yeah. Tomorrow 2.0 was also the host here. The building featured five main sections. Well, here's the thing, real quick. It wasn't the same Tomorrow 2.0. Was it, it was a, a, a full-size figure. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It wasn't a tiny guy. Do you know who uh, voiced him? No. Nathan Lane. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because you have... There's not much video footage of this guy, AJ. I looked. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. You you remembered this. I remember you describing this to me when you did yeah, cause, the first uh, well, Disneyland it, trip. It, it, you got to love that, that Disney magic because uh, I'm listening to this. Go, that's Nathan Lane. And I went to a cast member, this girl, and I said... um. Is that Nathan Lane doing the voice of Tom Morrow? And she's like, 
he's old enough that he knows, but I have to do the thing because I'm a Disney cast. Where she goes, uh, let's just say that Tom Morrow and Nathan Lane are very good friends. I was like, I got you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so you had these five different sections, and the, the building was rotating all the time. And kind of like depending on when you entered, you would enter in different one of these sections. And you also had like a video preview uh, with, with Tom Morrow singing a song for each section. And it, again, yeah. may I? <laughs> yes, yeah, guy. Because I remember. So you had to, because the building was constantly rotating, you had to wait till the entrance lined up with the doors. Right. So you queued up and waited for the entrance to get there. And it, it would start on the screen outside. But as you walked in, Tom Morrow was standing there still singing the song. Like it, it, it yeah, like continued. So you'd go in and finish, like watch him finish the song live. And the song was to the tune of Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, yes. right? It's pretty cool. So uh, you could either be in the sports section. I have the lyrics here. I don't know if you can figure out how to sing these to the song. Oh, because I remember. Get on your marks, get set, and go. For sports and fitness, you're in the know. If feeling fit is how you want to stay, let those interventions help you play. Very good. I uh, won't sing the rest. Okay, uh, actually, I insist. Oh, God. The home go. section. And that, I can remember that one, so now i got to make up the rest of these. Uh, step I mean, it's the same. Uh, yeah, I think step the through the door of your new home, robotically clean from floor to dome. Your lawn's being trimmed automatically. Now there's more free time for you and me. Yeah, we go all do it together. The education section. When you are born, the learning starts. You go off to school to get your smarts. You'll launch a career. It's a snap to do. Just let interventions work for you. This is fun. Transportation section. Welcome aboard. We're on our way. Hello tomorrow. Goodbye today. A world on the move is our destiny. Over land or sky or deep blue sea. Hey, and that sounds like Horizon. Yeah. Entertainment section. This sure is entertaining. Come to the stage and silver screen. You're just in time for our opening scene. Tomorrow's the star. It's about to go. So let's hit the lights and start the show. It's like Muppet stuff. Um, I don't know, this sounds like a wasted opportunity to have a much larger garden grow. (laughs) 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 We all love that restaurant so much. Just bring it out, Wes. Not what I was expecting. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what, garden grow, in 20 years time, garden grow will probably have more people who think fondly of it than intervention, so you might not be wrong. Uh, Wow, that's incredible. I bet, I bet all our listeners didn't know there was more lyrics to Great Big Beautiful Fernard that Disney doesn't want you to know. That's yeah, our... The that's lyrics... Our, yeah. Where's our YouTube? Our click thumbnail. Let's go like... <gasps> yeah. Yes. The, 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 the Disney police in the background. <laughs> Disney theme park lyrics. Disney wants you to forget. <laughs> I don't forget. Never. So, Innovation's kind of sputtered. It never got very many updates. Uh, no. Uh, Tom Morrow... It, it was... I mean, most of it did seem like just the future house stuff. It was right? a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, this one especially. Yeah. yeah in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. The Tom Morrow animatronic was removed in 2012, and the, the, the building stopped rotating, which was kind of the whole fun of I it. I know. That like, was a bummer. With the whole intros. You didn't even, like, go in through that bottom floor. You actually entered on the second floor for a while yeah, here. There yeah. are ramps. Yeah. Um, Starting in 2015, this became the Tomorrowland Expo Center, where it started hosting things like Star Wars Launch Bay, which is still what it still is Star today. Wars Launch Bay. <laughs> you, you enter through the bottom, at least now, but yeah, I mean... It, but thinking of what it was before, you know, and it's nah. just now, it do you, sucks. Do you think, like, do you, could they just, like, flip a switch and, like, have it rotate I'm, at this point? Probably, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably sure got to grease the wheels a little bit, yeah. <laughs> right? Wow, crown. Like, how, how hard could that be? Uh, so... Uh, 2015 is when uh, Innoventions Very West closes. Things aren't super great for Innoventions East either. Well, they kind of brought it upon themselves. I'm sure you'll talk about that, but they just kind of neglected it. That that is kind of part of the problem here is... Well, you know, the internet age kind of nullified the need for a lot of this stuff. Companies could have direct access to the consumers. You didn't need Disney to be Mm -hmm. your middleman anymore. And the stuff they were showing off, if at all, is like, oh, we got that. Or you went to Best Buy to see it, you know? You didn't have to go to Disney. They kind of started filling space with just sort of practical things. Like, we guess we can put this here, like Kit Kat stuff for that Kim Possible, uh, like, World Showcase thing. Like, the base for that was here. They used to do the Segway guided tours. Say, yeah, we, that's where we met for the Segway. And this is where you started that. And uh, we got to do that one time, actually. But again, awesome. It was. 
because the World Showcase thing just kind of started here, and they, they they taught you how to operate one there. We, we almost saw some old guy biff it. Poor dude. He figured it out. Uh, <laughs> he got there. He got, <laughs> got there. But yeah, like you know, that's one of the last things I really remember. Innoventions was was starting here from that. In April 30th, 2015, uh, Innoventions West closed and lost its uh, exhibits, uh, co-signing with the end of a lot of sponsorship agreements. So basically, sponsorship deals ended, and like they didn't put anything new in. Yeah. Right. And they didn't bother. Like let's just let's just uh, close this thing. Um, June 31st, a relaxation relaxation area called D Zone opened in the old Innoventions West. So it just kind of became like like you know like like the Calm Center, <laughs> I guess. You I don't remember this barely. Yeah. Uh, so Innoventions West basically Dunzo. Yeah. And I kind of remember that for a while. There was it was just a literally minute. nothing. Yeah. You can still walk through it. No. Right. No, I don't, oh, you couldn't West. even go in at West. You yeah, eventually couldn't even go in. East okay. began to just kind of feel like a ghost town. Uh, some of the like the few notable exhibits people cared about at all, like some of all thrills and Stormstruck. Remember Stormstruck? Yeah, those closed in 2016. Uh, then so it is re- like these are, these are three years like the really dark times where yeah you basically just kind of walked in because it's like interventions and you just kind of walked down that yeah. road and got went through the other side like that was sad. They did, and there were uh, there was like the paint thing that was still there for a while. Yeah, That's it. It, it, it was just depressing. Disney announced on July 2019 that the rest of Innoventions would close, uh, some of it even demolished, to make way for a reimagined future world. So this included uh, Innoventions East, the Fountain View Starbucks, uh, which, yeah, was a Starbucks at that point, and the Fountain of Nations all closed on September 8th, uh, 2019, and then uh, the Electric Umbrella <laughs> uh, Club Cool in uh, Mouse Gear closed during the winter of 20. 20- 22 we didn't even talk too much about the fountain of nations that's i feel almost feel like it'd be its own thing but uh right. that was you know it, we lost that uh, a lot of neat things happened there honestly it did its own show and even year in the 90s it, it had its own like actual show with that dragon that's so Remember that? the source. it had yeah. splashtacular which opened actually a little bit before interventions and the fountain got a big upgrade for that show so even though the show was short-lived a lot of those upgrades are what allowed for the fountain shows that we enjoyed throughout the 90s with the Rocketeer segment yeah. uh, in the future, hand-in-hand. Uh, you know, really, really, really cool stuff. That fountain was the best. I, I always heard the rumor, and it, I, it seemed pretty plausible, but the dragon head that was used for that show, like full-size, you know, whatever, it was big, was in one of, like, on, in front of one of the cast buildings behind Magic Kingdom. You could see it on the Google Maps oh, satellite. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I always thought that was neat. So that's kind of the unceremonious end here. So, uh, Chris, I think you can actually talk us a little bit about, like, what, what happened to yeah. these areas today. Yeah, so, yeah, you brought up, like, you know, it's, things are demolished, things are different, and it's been this way for, for quite a while. They announced at D23, a few D23s ago, that they're going to just completely change, like, Future World and, and all that, rename it and everything. So they have these four neighborhoods they're calling. World Discovery, which is, like, the test track and, and Mission Space area. World Celebration, which is what we're talking about in like the the, the middle the main, the main middle area, the entrance and all that. Uh, world Nature, which is uh, the land, imagination. Maybe and, uh, like some of the some of them I see have like right. imagination blocked into celebration instead. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you still have World Showcase, so they just kind of they kept that one around. But um, yeah, so we're focusing on the World Celebration area, the hub they already did, and that's you know not part of Interventions or whatever, which is fantastic. You know, big upgrade, awesome. Uh, but let's get to Interventions East here. So again, th- this is the area that had, um, you know, the old mouse gear and, and all that. So they uh, created something new called the Creation Shop, which recent, not not too recently, a few months. Pretty ago. new, yeah, pretty new still. Um, it's in the old mouse gear location. It, it's a shop, and it's not. You know, it great. looks like a nice target. It looks yeah. like a very. Uh, a we don't usually the like the design. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't like to usually be the poo poo the new thing guys, but like some of this new uh, stuff here in world. Well, you had a store that looked like you were inside a whimsical clock, right? And now it looks like a target. And just even the names, we went from Centorium to Mouse Gear to right. Creation. Like, what does it even call that? Lot, like the signage. Because the theme of it is supposed to be all this like kind of artwork. Right. And they made a big deal of how they framed all this artwork from artists that you've never heard of. And it's like, yeah, yeah but is it a whimsical clock? No, and it's, no. Not, it's not even themed to that that much, you know? Yeah. Now, it is cool that this is still like the Centorium space. This is like, you know, yes, at least they, it's still kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that temporary mouse gear, like you said. That was, We got to go through. It's kind of neat to be able to do that. The, the neatest thing in this place is the ceiling. It does have these, this really neat, like, wooden structure ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just a generic store now. <laughs> uh, they also moved uh, Club Cool down to this section 
of interventions. You know those doors that you would exit out to test track on the backside? Yeah. yeah. It's like that area. Okay. New Club Cool. So that's, I'm glad that Club Cool lived on and had to get moved. And I don't, I don't know if we really talked about the Club Cool transition for uh, Ice Station uh, Cool. Same thing. Yeah. They, yeah. Did they really do much other than just change? They the just name, took away really? the, the, the caveman and the, the cave, excavator. Yeah. Well, like, a lot of the theming was gone. It was, yeah. Even before this, it was, like, became more modern and chic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the old electric umbrella became the Connections Cafe. Boo! Well, uh, you may say boo, but this is one of the things people are <sighs> saying is pretty nice. Really good, yeah. It's like, I liked electric. I'll see, we'll see. So I'll give I, I'm excited to try it. Yeah, it'll, we're, we're going to have lunch there. To, to hit that up. Uh, next to that, attached to it, same kitchens and all that, I think, is uh, Connections Eatery, which this is like the, the Starbucks now. Well, it's I think the cafe no, you're, is the you're backwards, yeah. Ca- cafe oh, is the sorry. Starbucks, yes, Eatery is the yes. restaurant, yeah. yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. but in that same area there. Right, so it I, makes sense. I think they also they removed that second story as well. I think you're right. That was there. Mm-hmm. taller ceilings or something. Uh, Innovations West, this is gone. Demolished. Just uh, gone, yeah. Uh, part of this D23, they showed a lot of what they're going to do here, and it looked awesome, I think. I was pretty huge, like, three-tier festival right. center it, it looked like a like a plants growing style, off like of it. table yeah with like plants growing everywhere um they called it the festival center so they were going to do i mean festivals are a part of epcot that's not going away and they would just kind of like host certain things for these festivals right. in random locations it's just an extension for it. again there's well, almost so, so always it's a like, festival it's going to be here now a lot that, of this stuff happens in world showcase in the the festival in that old, center well that, that was, millennium the, building yeah. oh, the old millennium village yeah yeah, yeah they would do it there they did some stuff in odyssey things like that so this is going to be the home for this all that this be the home for all that and it, the neat thing too is they on the top floor top story they were going to have like on the roof like a viewing for harmonious a viewing section, so that would have been really neat. Uh, COVID really kind of put a kibosh to you know like all with of many, it with many things. Um, so for a while they were quiet about it. They said they're not doing it anymore, but uh, somewhat recently they came back and they have the new plans now for this area. And uh, it's it's a new structure which almost looks like <laughs> what uh, Interventions West kind of did. Like this, probably wish they knocked that all yeah. down now. It's probably, oh, crap, what did <laughs> do? <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, it's called, it's neat. They're bringing some names back. It's called Communicore Hall. Yeah. Um, so the plans are skilled, but it's not like a three story building anymore. It's one, you know, looks like one story from the concept. But it there. has like this weird concert stage that like right. has a front and a back open. So, yeah, it's it, hard to it's hard to get the full sense. Right. You, you got to wonder, like, what kind of concerts are they going to play there? Because there's not a, a ton of space for people to really. Well, they used to have I remember used to have like even kids like there was a stage in front of the fountain. But this is like the backside, isn't it? It's both sides. That's why it's so confusing. Oh. When you look at this picture that you have here below the Milana picture, you have um, you can see stage lights coming out both ends because the stage opens both ways. Right. Now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the stage is in like the middle. Like facing that, into the hallway and that's like you stand under that. I don't know. You've, heard, like, a, you've heard a theater in the, in the square. <laughs> I've been in theater in the square. That's right. Nobody had a good seat. you heard a theater around. I've been in theater in the square. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to get a grip on it. Uh, where the heck is uh, Interventions Hall, Glenn? Communicore gets to live on. Say that again. Well, we got Communicore Hall. Where's Interventions Hall? That's coming Someday. in 30 years. Someday, yes. <laughs> when they tear this down. Yeah, when the nostalgia's hit just right. But uh, in the center of this, we talked about that fountain. Um, that's demolished. It's gone. And uh, it's really just going to be like a garden area. I can't uh, believe they got rid of it. Like, I understand, oh, you know, you got to do all this stuff. I can't believe they got rid of the fountain. Well, because where right. the fountain was where that big three-story thing was going to go. Great. It was going to yes. Yeah, it was like jetting out into look. the middle. Yeah. Which, which is a good point because and people were, you know, naysaying it. But it's understandable because you do kind of block. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of smack know, in the middle there. So there is something out there at least. Yeah, but. you get something out of it. I mean, this doesn't look too bad as far as like plans no i know it's weird it's so we, i know it's like a strange thing to say it's, it's still weird for me to see all these trees right, <laughs> yeah, like, right. i kind of liked the rolling hills of future world. well and they're kind of doing some callbacks apparently to like the the fiber optics you're talking about before. i hope so good so they're I mean, talking about lighting this garden area up real neat at okay nighttime. i mean how hard could that be like it's right. it's it's LEDs and fiber optics. Like, come on, yes, please. At right. least they do did that. it at Pandora, so yeah, yeah, and people like it. Yeah, so so part of that area, I'll skip ahead here a second. Um, that's called Dreamers Point. So like that garden area we're talking about, uh, and that's also replacing like the pin trading station. 
with those like you know kind of Big tacky awning. looking awnings yeah. that were there. I like them. ever. I, we were just used to them. I think <laughs> I, yeah. I maybe tolerated them more like them. I do like how like that very center of this garden. You can, there is like a giant uh, Epcot logo, like that old school yeah. logo. That's yeah. that's neat. That's the best thing is that they're bringing back those logos. Yes, yeah, yeah for all the different areas. Mm-hmm. But um, the the biggest thing they talk about is that new statue for Walt Disney. Which I that. think is great. Yeah, that people are making fun of that it. one. I thought was weird for people to poo poo. Yeah, like, everyone's like, oh, right. oh, poor choice of words there. <laughs> <laughs> because people were saying it's like he's sitting on a. Oh, chair. I didn't notice that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> was the big. Thing. I gave a face like, is it a put though? No. Yeah, I, t- I didn't get that vibe from it. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, yeah. right. I mean, people. Were like, well, because oh, they what? had the statue at D twenty three. Right, people were like, well, what did even? That isn't even his Epcot. It's like, oh my god, guys! <laughs> it's yeah, like, right. oh. it's called Dreamers Point. He was dreaming it. It's fine. The biggest. Probably the biggest thing, like the attraction that they uh, announced as part of what was torn down from Innovations West here is this Moana Journey of Water. Um, th- I mean, they said some things about it. Really, it's just a walkthrough attraction, um, you know, kind of exploring water and how it affects right. the, world I, and the natural habitat. And I still don't quite understand this, except that I'm expecting like waterfalls and maybe like better version of the jumping fountains from right. uh, I mean, there's imagination. There's some sort of Tafiti statue. A 16-foot-tall Tafiti right. statue, which is part of, like, you know, the waterfall experience. But there's going to be, like, exploration trails, a water play area. And I think it'll this be cool. Kind of, it'll be neat, especially for, you know, the kids, that, you mm. know, the younger kids. But it'll lead right into, like, the living with the seas so, area. This actually is not part of world celebration. This is world... This is world um, uh, nature. Yes. Nature. I yes. guess that, yeah, that makes sense. It's a little weird how, like, we'll be standing there, like, looking at, t- you know, Tafiti t- t- or whatever, and like, yeah, this is where Sega this was. Where Sega was. <laughs> this is where right statue. Here. We had a statue of Sonic, now we have a statue of a mountain lady. Yeah. So which, it'll be cool. I, I mean, there's always, like, the uh, walkthrough. I want, you know, I want to sit down on a hot summer's day. Well, the, that, but, the uh, weird thing, like, I don't really I don't really mind putting on a Moana thing in Future World or whatever it's called. No, that doesn't really drive me crazy. What's weird is that we have this, and we're going to have a Moana ride in Animal Kingdom. Well, yeah. which blue, is, blue sky, though. Which Supposedly. is part of why I don't really think we're going to get a Moana, Moana right. ride in <laughs> right. Animal Kingdom. But that, that does look neat. I think that Tafee statue will be pretty impressive. I, mean, I like Moana a lot, actually, so sure. yeah. I'll walk through a Moana thing. Uh, it... it <laughs> The hard part with this, and again, because of COVID, it, if you've been to Epcot in the past, you know, five years or whatever, it is a construction zone. It's and has been for, for that long. Yeah. That's, that's so, the main problem is that it's for it's as like, long as Sega lasted interventions, it's just been walls. Right. And, and you can't, I know, and people go like, oh, Tron took, you know, four years to build it or whatever. This is in the middle of a very popular theme park, right? It, building a ton, you know, a new building it, and all. It's bad stuff. that Tron had to take the train out of commission for so long, but this is like taking down like the hub. Of right, there, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has been kind of obnoxious. It, it has been. For and sure. I know what I understand. It took longer than they thought, but still, uh, you know, I'm not a contractor. All this stuff, right. but geez, <laughs> I just can't. It's it's insane to me that yeah, we're doing this trip in November and like still it's going to be wall. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, guess the other things you kind of miss out on are the Spaceship Earth redo they were going to do. They're going to close that for two years. There were so many plans. Like this yeah, was part. Right. Of, this was all happen. part of a much larger plan of re- these things coming to Epcot, of which we basically got this redo kind of scaled back for this interventions area. Uh, and we we got Ratatouille, and we're getting uh, Guardians. Well, and Dreamers Point was also going to have like a little jetting out from Spaceship Earth, like as part of the exit. Oh, show. right. I think it was going to be another like rooftop viewing and all that, but yep. So, mm-hmm. so that's, oh, well, that's happens. Yeah. So that's the kind of a rise and fall of innovation in with the there. and, and dis- out with a whimper and destruction. It, <laughs> that is the thing. Like you know, it is kind of sad when things close. This thing had such a slow just a death. Away, yeah. We were all just waiting. And it, you know, for a while it's just like, well, what, what are we going to do? It's convention space. We yeah. already have. We already put the restaurants in. We put the shop in. We put the meet and greets in, and we still have space for crap. We yeah, don't know what to do with it. You gotta wonder what else they were trying to like think of. Yeah, what were the other plans before they finally said we just need enough? I mean, it is big enough for an attraction. You, you have to wonder, like, there ever were, like, ideas drawn up. What would the track for an Omni Remover look like going through the yeah, dimensions, true, right? True. Like, like, something like that. I don't know. Uh, I just, mean, maybe the, almost the same footprint as, like, a Midway Mania, you know, going zigzagging back and forth in one level. Right. Hey, look, they fit, they fit, they fit uh, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster <laughs> in Disneyland and, like, the old Circle Vision Theater, right? Yeah, you can, right. You can put things in unexpected places, I guess. True, true. So, I, I miss it. 
uh, I don't necessarily like. I miss a very specific yeah, miss, time period. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I get it. <laughs> I get. Right. I was gone. Like you know. Again, my favorite part is the Sega thing. So it's not like that could stay there forever. Sega like didn't make yeah, hardware whoops. forever. <laughs> right. So it was a shame they couldn't. And that's the big problem with Epcot in general uh, for a while. They couldn't update it enough for it to really be exciting and to, for people to really be excited to go back to Innoventions each year. No, they went back to Innoventions and they saw the same thing from three years ago. So then yeah. the next three years they didn't go back again. Yep. That's the problem. But I guess that just about does it, guys. No, let's, well, hang on. We, we, we've been teasing these cavemen. I was saving this for Oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there, you know, Epcot would do a lot of Streetmosphere stuff. Uh, you know, the Future Core um, marching band would play around the Innovations, Innoventions Plaza. Who are the garbage men called? Like yeah. the garbage men. The, oh, the jammeters um, or something. Uh, uh, oh, it's a pun. Um, Isn't it the jam? Jammeters? Jammeters, yeah. Yeah, that's you got the, it. There was that talking uh, water fountain. Yes, and uh, Bunsen Beaker uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. used to ride around. So. The Muppet Mobile. Yes, but uh, specifically one year there were these two guys dressed like cavemen. And uh, they were just walking around interventions, and the one had a very posh British accent, and the other one <laughs> talked in grunts <laughs> and hugs. Must have gone to the teacher center. <laughs> well, no, I, I remember him talking to someone near me, and he's like, "Yes, uh, some explorers found us around the area of Club Cool or Ice Station Cool, whatever he said, and uh, taught us a spot of English." And then the other guy went, "One words." <laughs> and uh, this was the period of time when Chris was the cool middle school kid who had like the, oh, like, yeah. the chunky bead necklace. And the very pointy gelled hair. That hey, you, you did to too at one day. point. Um, I did not. <laughs> with, with the, uh, with the, the highlights. The, with the tips. Frosted tips. It wasn't the, the tips. It was just like you looked like you had spikes in your head. because They were also frosted, to be clear. So yes. this Because this caveman came by and the British woman was like, oh, Ugg, look at his hair. And he came over to you and like touched your hair and went, porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, you know what else we didn't talk about? It was actually the music of Interventions. Yes. Great music. Oh, um, yes. A lot of the area music was actually done by a combination of a composer named David Arkenstone. What a and, great name. And Russell Brower, who I knew their names when I read it because they actually went on to do a lot of the music for World of Warcraft yeah. until oh, cool. recently. Yeah. Uh, when they were both let go by Blizzard. Mm. Uh, it sounded like a good split. Um, but yeah, um, the, the track a lot of people know, it's called Papillon. Yeah. It's from David Arkenstone's uh, album from 1991, and that album is called... If you ever listen to a Spotify Epcot playlist, you have heard this song. Right, yeah, it's the, on the, the name of the album is In the Wake of the Wind, so if you want to go look that up on Spotify it's or new Apple age music, music. Yeah, yeah, it's all new age. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, there's that phenomenal Yanni track that plays, um, Standing in Motion. Yeah. I love uh, that yeah. song. It's one so of my good. favorite songs. It's so. Well, oh, that's good. played all over Epcot. Maybe may even predate Interventions. They played. Yeah, that so that's uh, it's such a good track. Uh, I love it. That, I remember the the one Intervention song. Uh, might have been Papillon. Uh, they they play it constantly in that CD ROM thing. Uh, the Walt Disney World yes. Explorer, which uh, my dentist actually found his copy of the second version of from 1998 and gave it to me. Also, if you listen very closely to our intro music, I did I did hide a little Interventions music in there. It's very hidden. Oh, okay. It's very subtle. Okay. See if anyone can find it. I'll be curious. Yeah. But I wanna, I wanna maybe some, maybe someday do a stream of, of that Walt Disney World Explorer because we used to. Be oh, we played that to death. Yes, it was the best. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I just heard it was so funny because like it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. It was like, oh, it's gonna be like virtually riding every attraction like you're there. And it's I'm much just, simpler than right. that. It's but it's great. And now we just have YouTube where we have a million yeah. POV rides of every attraction. The one thing it did have kind of like that was actually like, because it was like the early, we talked about this in Test Track uh, episode, it had like the yeah, CG the render, yeah. Yeah, the animatic of that. So yeah. that was uh, something. I, that, like, I remember hearing the entrance song for the first 10 seconds over and over. For, for every time you go back. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, the Explain Barrel music theme song. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. Exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for Innovate. There's a lot to go there. We didn't really go deep into each little pavilion or each little exhibit that was ever there. It's it's a it's a big space. It's a lot. I know I complained how it didn't change enough. Yeah, complained enough for it to be hard to cover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over it's like twenty something years. It's year. been around a while. So. It had it had a surprisingly long life. Uh, we'll, we'll post some links to some of these pictures. Martin Vids had a really good two part like uh, video on it. Each part was an hour long. That helped a lot with this. So so thanks to that. Uh, is Chris next? Is Chris up yes. next? Yeah, Chris, yes. you're up. What's what, what's coming down the pipe? Well, when you were talking about interventions, it made me think of uh, the pin trading stand. And I looked, pin trading was 1999. Part of the Millennium Celebration. Yes, so I think it'll take a deeper dive into pin trading. Maybe. That's cool. I think I would like that, actually. It's yeah. funny, on the uh, on the latest Retro WDW podcast, they they got a listener question about pin trading. They talked about it a little bit, but I, okay. even, I, I, even, I didn't talk to you about this. I know you even heard that episode yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't heard and it And I was yet. even thinking... 
That would be a good episode. There you go. So there you go. I like we uh we got it with the finer binder. Yes, yeah. I you probably have in your basement. It's probably in the basement. Well, we're going to go through my basement because I'm looking for GameCube games anyway, so we'll find it. (laughs) All right then. But not tonight because it's twelve thirty and I am. Oh my gosh. We got got a long weekend ahead of us too. Yeah. Fun things. I gotta edit the show. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to uh the nineties Disney podcast. I can announce we have a very cool bonus episode coming this month too. I have done an interview with AJ Grant Sutton. You don't know his name, possibly, but he is the CEO of Dalala Studios, and they are developing the recently announced uh, new game, Illusion Island, starring Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy that was revealed at D23 Expo. Mm, so we talk, cool. It looks very cool. Um, they say, like, you know, they, they got this a lot, and they're kind of pleased with it because they like the game. A lot of Rayman Legends comparisons. A lot of Rayman Legends vibes. Um, you know, a lot of influence from, you know, classic platformers and co-op Well, they have the word illusion in there, right? Yes, and we talk about that, and we talk oh, about good. how the uh, Mickey games of the 90s influenced him and the studio and uh, just kind of their design philosophy behind this game. So uh, it's pretty cool because, again, all we've really seen in this game was that trailer from D23, and uh, we've spent some time talking about Getting the about scoop set. Oh, oh scoops. scoops hocking dots over here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look forward to that in the middle of the month, and then look forward to our pin training episode on November 1st. God, October's going to fly. It's it is. so fast. Right. And Get we will see all of you at 90sDisney.com, where you can subscribe to the show and find past, present, and future episodes. Listen to the podcast and service of your choice. And email us at 90sDisneyPodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and we'll have some fun. Yes. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time right here on 90s Disney. Take care. Bye. We'll see you.